Right, hello there and welcome to another <laughs> sparkling edition of the Wolves Fancast. We are recording this shortly after uh, Wolves' game with Leicester that's hot on the heels of our uh, most welcome but somewhat unconvincing 2-1 win against Arsenal. With me tonight to dissect the game is Stu, Dan and with his fresh lockdown cut, Luke. Um, <laughs> we we are going to start as ever with our lineups for the game. Now, uh, there was rumours of somewhat of an injury bloodbath to our team before the game. Um, when we normally play our usual pre-match game of guess the formation, when the Wolves Twitter account put it up, but um, there were rumours abound that players totaling Patricio, Neto, Kilman, Pedence, Bolly were all going to be out. And obviously, uh, Pedence declared his injury um, earlier on. And the rumblings before the game started, the Bolly was going to be out. But, uh, Stu, when you first saw the team, what was your initial reactions? And were you obviously pleased about the inclusion of our stalwart Johnny in that left wing back? And my first thought was not to say anything, so I know it criticised again in the, in the uh, group chat. So, but. Yeah, as soon, as soon as I saw it, and it was a back five, and I thought, okay, fine. I was, and I, and so I was more comfortable with that lineup than I have been for weeks. I mean, attacking wise, that's probably you'd say uh, one of our first choice attacking lineups at the mini. And with Johnny back, like you said, I mean, I didn't expect him to be as good as he was. I thought, well, he can't be any worse than Kilman or Aitnori and anyone else who's played there in the last six months. But it was. And not, going into a match with a nice feeling was just, and not it was a nice change. Dan, what did you reckon? What's what was the the, the positives and the all and all the negatives of uh, the lineup that you saw? Having Johnny back was just the the most comforting news I think any one of us could have had. Really, I mean, apart from like sort of Raul coming back or something like that, I think the sort of moment that we're in as a club with the sort of fear and negativity when you're losing so many players and having to revert back to what we know was the tried and trusted then having Johnny back on top on top of all the players that we were saying was injured I thought it was just it was it was comforting going into the game that we didn't really have anything to lose I thought as long as we could put a decent performance in it didn't really matter if we lost today and I'll point some important at the moment but Leicester are top side going. I mean, they're outsiders for the title. They're probably they're probably going to fall way short in the end, but they're definitely in the race. So, I just think going into the into the, today with that lineup, I just thought, yeah, let's put in a good performance. If we get a result, good, we move on to Southampton. Yeah, Luke, how did you see? Did you see it in a similar vein of the well, first off, on the team itself, but then also were you looking more for just a good performance rather than? basically shit in any sort of result at all. Um, yeah, the, the team was, was quite comforting, to be fair, because there'd been some rumours sort of just before the team was announced. Obviously, the, the, the day before as well, where, where, where some people from the media were putting out crypt, cryptic tweets saying that it's not good and really, really like trying to put a dampener on things. Um, and then obviously the rumours was started flying about WhatsApp that Bolly was missing... Patricio was possibly missing, Kilman was missing, Neto was missing. And you're thinking, oh my God, this is this is going to be a bloodbath. How is this team going to look? Uh, then when it was announced, I thought it was perfectly fine. 
Um, very, very hard to, to pick a fault with with the team today from what he's got available to him. And like Dan said, the performance today meant more than res- than the result. Um, obviously, we need results. We need to pick up wins. But for me, as positive as the result was against Arsenal, the performance still left a lot of questions to be asked. Um, so I was really interested to see how we got on today. Um, and I can't really fault the performance. can't really fault it. Um, I think the, the plan was executed well today by Nuno. So, I mean, we're looking at the... I mean, again, this has been a season blighted by injuries um, for pretty much since the start. So now we're looking again at Bolly being out for four weeks. Pedenza said he's out for for five to six. So we weigh that against Johnny coming back, who we now know it was preordained that he was only ever going to play 45 minutes. But uh, Stu, Nuno has said that, and I, I, I took this quote from his pre-match because I thought it was interesting, he's stabilising the team. So does that mean that, do you think that he's kind of acknowledged that last few weeks, stroke months have been a bit, almost a bit too crazy for his liking in the, in the fact that he's now looking to just do like a hard reset and try and start again. It's almost like he's found his solutions and they were within all along. Within all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I think he's, it's finally clicked after two months of being shit that we can't actually play a different way and we should just play the way that we know all along. And it's just that he's... I mean, for me, I mean, I've been saying it for ages. You don't... We, we don't... I mean, not just me, other people as well saying we haven't got the players to play with the back four and all this stuff. And for him to actually come out and say that, it's kind of reassuring because this, I mean, when we play like this today, and we played against Man United and Chelsea, and I said I, I, after the Chelsea game, I was really encouraged by that because it's how we play and we play it well. So don't go messing it up, trying to play with the back four and being more adventurous when we haven't trained like that and there has been no preseason. So it's a, if we are going to play this for the rest of the season, then I'm more than encouraged than I would have been if he was still saying, oh, we need to find solutions for problems and all this stuff. I mean, it seems like he has gone back to the tried and trusted, but Dan, do you think there's still a case for him switching between the back three, stroke five and four, depending on who we're playing? Or should now, you just you should know, stick to what he knows from now on. It can be as simple as that. Most definitely. I still think we should open ourselves up to go into a back four when needed. There's still teams, it's like anything in, you know, any sport really, stars, stars make fights, st- different formations work against different teams. I, I don't think we should write off back four completely. I think it all just boils down to the summer recruitment and sort of the, the summer PR that the, the club put out in regards to transitioning. Did we really need to transition to a new formation? Should we have just not, kept the tried and trusted but upgraded the players that were in that formation already it's, it's a difficult one really I don't, I don't think we should write off a back four but if they're going to go to a back four they need to to heavily invest in the summer and fix the spine of the team that comes with that back four formation yeah that's I think that, that's what I was saying There's, I ain't got a problem with playing four at the back but we can't do it with this squad no chance so Luke would a back two of Cody and Kilman cause you to have nightmares at the moment <laughs> Yeah, it would. Um, <laughs> that was that was the only concern, I suppose, pre-match when when you're trying to work out how we're going to line up. Is it going to be four two three one, three five two five three two, 
four three three. Um, Kilman and Cardi as a back two. That is sort of mid-table championship centre-half pairing. That is, it would get absolutely destroyed <laughs> in the Premier League. Um, <clears throat> I mean, What's I, worth, I, I disagree. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Dan summed, summed it up well. Um, that, that there is that there is scope in, in having a four. And I think I mentioned it on, on a podcast a couple of months ago. When you're playing your teams like Man United, Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, whoever, the big six, whatever you want to call them, then, yeah, maybe play a five. But you're playing Sheffield United at home, Fulham at home, even Southampton at home, teams like that. Why not try a, a, a back four? Because um, I think it's proved that in a back four, whilst we do give more chances away, we also score more goals as well. Now, I'd be quite disappointed if, if we're playing teams like that, sort of trying to, to nick a 1-0. Because because I just personally think that we're better than that. The players we've got at, at our disposal, you know, we can go we can go at teams and be a bit more adventurous. And it'd be nice to see us be a bit more adventurous when the time is right. Um, you know, there's no need for us to play a back five against, let's say, Sheffield United at home, for example. So yeah, we can mix it up with a back four as well. Well, then let's let's get into the game itself then. So ultimately, finished nil nil, but there was. There was a couple of flashpoints, a couple of, of chances. I want to jump onto the two chances straight away. And the first really guilt-edged chance that fell to us was for Fabio Silva uh, getting on towards the last quarter of the game. <sighs> yes, Michael did save it, but Stu, should he have had the chance to save that? Should he have gone for the old R2 FIFA dink over the keeper? I or Pez, I know, I know your Pez, <laughs> whatever, whatever the Pez equivalent is. It's the same. Was it the same? It's oh, yeah, it's R2 thing. Um, there were years when R2 was uh, run and it used to be L2, but that's... Do what you want. You can, you, you can um, configure it to what you want. Yeah. Play your own game. But I think it was just instinct. And I think he's, it comes back to the same thing all, all the time that he's a kid. And he probably hasn't got the kind of the composure to do a little dink or put it the other side. And he's just gone for his best chance and not many keepers would have put their leg out to that. It was a great save. I mean, yeah, it was a great save, but even so, if Jose was still on the pitch, it would have been 1-0. But in this FIFA generation, why didn't he rainbow flick it over his head? <laughs> Do several pickups on the, on the line with a couple around the world and then Rabanne in the top corner. Because also, you know, many, many, many men have done that on FIFA before. So why hasn't he done that in real life? That's what I want to know. These are the questions. I did. I did watch the replay of it back, and uh, they did slow my replay from facing back to the players. And you saw Neves' face light up when the ball went through because he thought we're in here, we're in. And then his face just crumbled when <laughs> realised Schmeichel got um, got a foot to it. But that was that was obviously our best chance. But um, Dan, did you think that we, it had all been for nothing in the ninety-first minute with Vardy in that header? Because I'll be honest, I thought that was nestling. I think we all, I, th- I think we all thought the net had rippled. To be honest, I mean, I only had it on normal HD. I didn't have it on ultra, but it looked like it was into me. I just think <laughs> as soon as that ball comes across the box and Vardy gets that that first touch, you think, "Oh, here we go." But I think it would have been unbelievably harsh if we hadn't come away with at least a point today. I thought it was a really good save by Casper Schmeichel. Uh, proper 
Peter Schmeichel scored a goalkeeping, butterfly. He didn't really have a lot of area. I know you lot are saying he should have dinged it, but I don't think there was a lot of room. Schmeichel had left free for the dink. For his old starfish, hadn't he? Yeah, chocolate starfish. <laughs> and a Schmeichel flavoured water. <laughs> There's Love the it. title. <laughs> so let's just talk about the game itself in general then, because I think let, let's cover everything you know, all in one go, because I think we felt, we, well, I felt, we defended quite solidly. Uh, throughout the game albeit Guy I want you to talk to me about our wasted chances because I felt that we had quite a few what do you reckon Luke I mean there was there was Neves Troy and Moutinho there, we had quite a few chances today wouldn't you say yeah I mean I, th- I think we can come away from the game feeling disappointed that we haven't won it I don't think Leicester um, I don't think Leicester fans can do that even though okay a draw was probably fair I think Neves is in in the first half off the corner. He's got to do better with that. There's a lot of goal to aim for. And Matinho in the second half as well. Again, there's a hell of a lot of goal to aim for. And it's it's horrible. It's a horrible, horrible miss from Matinho, in my opinion, because it's it's how high and over the bar it's gone. Um Especially considering what he did against um, Arsenal. Yeah, as well. I mean, even regardless of whether he'd done that in the week against Arsenal or not, this, these are elite footballers that we're talking about, and it, there's a lot. Of, there's just a hell of a lot of space. In my opinion, it's a very bad miss. Neves, very bad miss. The Traore chance, very good block by Justin. Um, but we, on another day, we could have had three or four, I suppose. But like Dan touched on earlier. Whilst it would have been nice to have got the win today, the performance was a lot more important in some aspects. Um, and the fact that we had quite a few clear-cut chances was was really promising for me. Really promising. I was really happy to see that we was a, a lot more solid at the back. But we also coupled that with creating chances as well. Yeah, and it does kind of put to bed the whole notion of when we play with five at the back, we don't create chances because... We just reeled him off there. It could have been three easily. if we, uh, And it's been the story of the season when we have been in, just pissing about. And the Neves, one, the Neves one is the worst one out of all of them for me, just because of we know where he, this whole thing, oh, we know what, what he can do, but he doesn't do enough for enough. And it's, it's something he really has to work on because other than that, I thought he was superb today. Mm. Yeah. I thought him and Matinho were superb in that yeah. midfield today. Yeah squashed any sort of talk that these two can't do it. I mean, as I said earlier, Styles make make fights in, in formations and that sort of thing. But Leicester have got a really top midfield, Tielemans, Madison. Um obviously they were missing Ndidi today, which may have had more of an impact on uh, Nevers and Matino controlling the game, but I thought them two were brilliant today. I think that's the best styles to have played together, probably since our first season in, in the Premier League. You've just mentioned like they both had three good opportunities between the two of them today, maybe maybe mm-hmm. more. They haven't been getting up that high in the field all season to even yeah. have the shots. So mm. it shows how well we've played today and created chances. I know like we didn't hit, we didn't hit the target apart from <laughs> Fabio's only shot that hit the target today. Yeah, I think so. so. I mean, we've got in the right area, just a bit being clinical, but I think we've suffered that problem all season, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. And you had Donker's customary header over the bar as well, which is. <laughs> 
Oh, he's yeah. a defender. That's what he does. Just get rid. <laughs> he does, to be fair, he, he does play better when he's further back there, doesn't he? Because he, he did all right a, today. I thought he had a good game today. And I mean, he had a, a run of probably, was it, I'm sure it's your now, six, seven or eight games, was it last season where he played at the back? Where we went, Benny, Cody, Saez. Not, not Benny, Cody, Saez. Bloody Dendonka, Cody, and Saez. <laughs> right, and Benny, where's that come okay. from? Living Benny in England. But he, he. All right, scrap that. Dendonka played a couple of games at the back. Of the <laughs> and he, I thought he played really well. I thought he was probably the best defender when it, in those games. I thought he played really well. He was solid, calm. He can bring the ball out the back. He can play from the back. He's got good physicality, strong in the tackle, good in the air. To be fair, what attributes hasn't he got for a defender? Well, this is what you Penn said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is this is why you are on the show last year because you're wrong. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> no way, he, he started. He started off. He started off really well, but it got to the stage where we were all kind of, "Oh, can we please play proper players there now?" And but how he played today, he has. I mean, it's been it has been over a year since he played there consistently. So he's it, it, it's one of them things where he's he's got better as a player anyway. So and positioning was a, a, one of his big problems. He didn't get done today, not once. Well, how's about this, right? You can sit there and you can say I'm wrong and throw you in blue in the face, but I know for a fact I am wrong because as a centre back, Den Donka pisses all over Max Kilman. Nah, yes. Nagu <laughs> with your chest, oh, Luke. Say it, lads. I want to know. I want to know what where this beef's come from from our Lord and Savior Max Kilman because I don't. I can't see. I, I'm not sure what he's doing. I'm not sure. He's, what did he do wrong today? Tell, go on. Tell us, Luke. The floor he, is yours. He misjudged the one flight of the ball where it was basic. Everyone slates Nelson Semedo for misjudging the flights of the ball. Max Kilman doing it today. And if it wasn't for Vardy being rusty, that would have been a goal. There was one time in the lead up to where Vardy missed the head out, Rui comes out to get a clean catch, Kilman gets in the way, he's a fraud. He's a futsal <laughs> fraud. And in the summer, if he's still in our squad, I want Fosen gone because he's not the he's not the man to get us into the top six. Loan him out to flip in Grasshopper Zurich. Get rid of him. You know that Wes Morgan won the Premier League? This is what give this three Jimmy, years. Jimmy, uh, what's his name? Jimmy Troyore won the Champions League. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> we are not going to win anything with him in our centre defence in a back five, in a back 11. Fuck him off. Until Samado has come, has come through the futsal system, Kilman will always be better. <laughs> well, was, Kilman no, was probably eight out of ten today. Championship defender. No. At best. No chance. <laughs> He yeah, can't he pass. He's got the same passing range as Courtney House. <laughs> that far from Courtney House, Ali. Yeah, it is. That's because yeah. he plays for the Villa. So, are you t- are you two telling me that this foot sales counted for nothing whatsoever? And being well, bought apart made from it. having a, a top, topic to talk for the commentators to talk with, is it's it's pointless. He's got he's got the basic fundamentals to be a half decent defender, but that's it—a half decent defender. Yeah. If we're going to push top six, he's got to go in the summer. 100%. I've actually, I've actually got a question in on the, the Twitter corner from about Max Kilman. Uh, Stu might probably answer this one. Uh, William Lloyd has asked, "Does Max Kilman use his real name on PlayStation Plus?" 
<laughs> well, as we've already alluded to, I think this is the problem. If Max Kilman could actually smile, then everyone would love him, like we do. This is this is this is them being superficial again and not not giving him a chance. Just he doesn't smile because he knows he's stealing a living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if he was, then surely he'd be he'd be laughing all. No, he, he, feels, he feels too guilty, mate. Because he's, by the way, yeah, um, by the way dear, dear listeners, we've already established uh, off air that if Max Kilman smiles, a bus will explode somewhere. So he's not, he's not, <laughs> he's not allowed. He's not allowed to smile whatsoever. Um, I want to get on to um, a, a player duel in the match that I found quite interesting: um, Adama versus James Justin. Because first half, I wasn't sure that Adama was. Well, let's face it. I think I think Justin had him had his card marked, didn't he? The first half, I didn't see Darwin getting just getting past Justin much. But second half, I did feel that change, and I did feel that Adama was getting into the game quite a lot more actually. Um, and I've got a couple of questions on this. But first off, I wanted to just get your guys' opinion on on how you saw that duel going between Justin and, and Adama. I thought it was great. I mean, you, you look at look at what he he did at Brighton. Um, to the poor guy, <laughs> and he ended up being took <laughs> off. <laughs> poor Dan Byrne, and when he had him all game long. But from this one, it was—I really enjoyed it because it's the first time that we've seen him up against someone who was who matched him from the off. Normally, he just speeds past them and then puts it out for a goal kick. But this time, when he was getting past them, he had to actually concentrate. And the balls that he got in the box—they still weren't great, but there was less waste because he had to be pinpoint because. In that first half, he didn't have much chance. I think second second half when, like when we used to bring him on, on sixty minutes and when everyone else was tired and he just ripped him to shreds two or three times and they 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 went to the Spurs way of dealing with him and tactical failing him and everyone taking a go. Um, but I thought how he grew into the game against a player like that. I thought he was great today. You've got to take your hats off to Leicester City. Their their recruitment on him. Poaching him from the, the Kevin Fowley right back academy, Luton Town. Absolute shrewd signing that is. <laughs> he is literally, he's got to be borderline getting on the England squad now, James yeah. Justin has, because yeah. everything's Definitely. solid. He's, he's created going forward. He's got pace to burn. Absolute solid signing that is for Leicester. I thought, as, as we all said, Adama definitely grew into the game. He's got a new trick. Did you notice that today? That little right foot over the top and then the, the back over mm. with the same leg? <laughs> he's learnt a new trick he's learnt that from futsal he got the beat and Justin a few times final ball was a bit off but I still think it showed in the first half um, William Jose is a bit off the pace at the moment I think he, mm. he doesn't seem to be getting in the right areas when we are getting balls for Neto beat um, Pereira twice and put two decent balls across the box and he was nowhere near it uh, that'll come with time, obviously. But um, yeah, going back to Adama versus James Justin, it was a good duel. I thought Dharma was hustled out of two fouls, but I think the majority yeah. of the game it was it was a good duel to watch. Can we can we also have a mention for uh, Neto making Pereira look like Peter Griffin today? Uh, I was going <laughs> men- to I was going to I was going to mention uh, mention him in a minute, but um, but I've got I've got a question in. In fact. Ian Robery has uh, sent in two questions about Adama, so obviously piqued his interest today. He says, does the fan cast team tell, pass it at Adama, A, five times a game, B, ten times a game, or C, not at all? Um, there was a few, yeah, 
There was a few no, today. There's a few today where it was like flashbacks to Robbie Keane when <laughs> when he was just a selfish child and he was doing too much. There was there was two distinct times when just a little through ball and we would have had a decent chance and he just took. I think it's another reason why he's still he's at Wolves still and because he's he's still not. I'm not going to say he's not intelligent because we know what happens when you do that. Um, but he's sometimes he's too, he is too selfish. He just is. That's just how some players are, and I yeah. don't think you're going to change him, if I'm being honest. And as frustrating as it is at times, you've just got to accept it. And then it will come to a point where the people who do slag him off will end up selling him. They'll be happy. He'll excel elsewhere. And then they'll just moan that we've got nobody who can beat a man or show a turn of pace, because that's what Wolves fans are like. And like Stu said, if he could find a through ball or he always found the perfect pass, he'd play for Barcelona or Real Madrid. This is why he plays for Wolves, because he has his faults. But when he's on his game, he's he's so exciting to watch and he's unplayable. And that's just a fact. Is it decision-making at his fault or is he does he have a lack of faith in the players around him? Because he's well, definitely got no sort of relationship with Semedo. You've you got to look at, at times... I was watching it against Palace. There's so many times Traore had the ball and there was no option for him. Literally no option, no movement. Now that's not Traore's fault. If I've got if, if you've got the ball, somebody's got a show for you, haven't they? Otherwise, you've got to go on your own. And with his crossing, I do find a lot of the time there's no one in the box anyway. No. So that's why he delays. Sometimes that's why he delays because there's no at that point he has he has two two markers come over exactly. to come over to the zone by that so, point. At times, don't get me wrong, Traoré right, has his faults. I'm not trying to fucking blow him off in any way, shape, or form. I understand <laughs> that he has his faults, but people, other people, they've still got to do more off the ball for him when he's got it. Well, there's about this then. So, Dan, to your point, um, Amos Balls has tweeted us to say. Should we put Adama and Samedo on different sides of the pitch? I'd prefer to have a ball-carrying speed merchant on either side. And I don't think they mesh well in either direction. I thought Samedo was the same on the left, but now we seem to be avoiding doing that at all costs. So, does it work? Can we, can we operate with them both on the same side of the pitch? Is that going to be a problem for us? I don't think so, personally. I, I don't. They need to wrap... I said this in the post-match reaction video on our YouTube. Check it out. Um them two need to build a relationship quickly because if they don't, one of them needs to be dropped. And I don't think Adam is the one that needs to be dropped. Okay. I think... But can, if they, if but we, can they not work together on, like, overlapping or something? I don't think Semedo uh, or Hover can do that left-wing back position like Johnny can, so it, it's not really an option for me yet. Hover needs to push Semedo for that right-wing back spot. I think we just need to kind of accept that the Doherty situation was a fluke, and you're not gonna you're not gonna recreate that. Other than going and getting him back, you're not gonna get anyone to partner with Traore like he did. It's just not it's just not gonna happen. Just because they were they were on a, on a wavelength together, playing all the time because he didn't that that first season that much. So I said to my friends earlier, I, I'm I'm massively frustrated for myself because I'm usually right. But <laughs> I'm massively underrated Doherty. 
it's it's unbelievable the the levels I underrated that man. Told you. Well, but, for, okay. but for what? But for what though? Is <laughs> his overall play or his goal threat or both? Overall, if Doherty was that good, why aren't he doing it at Tottenham? Four man because he's playing the back four. Well, if he's that, but if, if, you're, if you're a professional footballer. You no, Luke, play. this is the reason why people five. rate Messi because he's a system player. <laughs> no, surely, if, if Doherty is a system player, would shouldn't he know himself that he's a system player? Yeah, but you've right. got to back yourself, haven't you? Yeah. So I he's backed it, himself, he's backed himself, and he said, You know what? I am good enough to play in the back four. He's played in the back four, has he been good enough? He's nowhere near, but it's but the same thing. Enough. Look, two but, Premier League seasons for Wolves. He, he had two good seasons in a formation which suits the way that we and he plays. Yeah. How is that Sometimes, a fluke? If Doherty comes back next season, right, I would put money, good money on that he wouldn't score more than five goals. Did he score more than you five You bet anyway? on flipping Danny Bat would play for England. You ain't betting on anything, mate. You're not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> You're barred. It comes it comes back to the same old thing that we said before, that sometimes it just works at, at certain clubs for certain players. Yeah. In, in a five in a five for Wolves, Doherty worked. In a four for Spurs, in a five for Spurs, it wouldn't work because they, they've got the players in front of them. And I think that's what we find in there with, with some, if it's Semedo, if it's Hoover, whoever. Is playing behind Traore, you're just going to have to say that you are you're a wing back who doesn't go on the wing because you got him in front of you. When Pedensi's not talking about Doherty, to be fair, when well that's it shows how good he was that we're still talking about him and it's 2021 <laughs> and he's been he's been gone for God knows how long. But I think we are just going to have to accept when Traore plays, the wing back on that side stops at the halfway line and overlaps sometimes just to give support and to take players out of the running. Because that's what he's been doing. He hasn't been passing to him, but he ha- what he has been doing, he has been creating space for Troy to run into and taking one of the markers off him, which kind of goes a bit unnoticed. Well, you'd, you'd in that in, with Troy for me, I wouldn't want the fullback overlapping because you know what he's going to do. He's going to try and hit the byline. Yeah. Wouldn't the fullback be better off running inside? Yeah, but Adama's what... got that new trick now. I've told you, so now he can put in. <laughs> he's learned how to use L1 and the pad. Has he got up to three-star skills now? Yeah. <laughs> well, talking of um, tricks, I mean, the, the chance that we mentioned earlier, Neves, Traore, Moutinho, they were all made by one guy and one guy only, that was Pedro Neto. Um, I think he stood out again today and he was called out on the, on the Sky comms. Um, and you see him quite a few times, the fact that Johnny Evans or Ricardo, the best Portuguese right back in the Premier League, apparently, um, he... You know he's he's doing them all ends up time and time again. I want I want us to take a few minutes. Let's just blow some smoke up Pedro Neto's arse and let's have a chat about how good he was, not just today, but then just in general. What what were your thoughts on his performance today? I just want to say I just want to get get in quickly before anyone, because I know how people love to bring up how oh you said that about Danny Bat, you said this about Danny Bat. <laughs> just remember who mentioned about Pedro Neto before any of any else of you fuckers. On this podcast, was even singing his praises. Who was the one who put his neck on the line and said, Pedro Neto will contribute more goals than I did last season? Me. Who was the one who said, Pedro Neto will have a better career than Jota? 
me. And I know it's still early days, but I'm the one who called that. And it's going to come true. That boy is special. Is that in writing in the group chat? It will be somewhere. And <laughs> we'll still have it in audio. And if I have to, I'll go back and I'll find it. For audio listeners, he is dressed as the Emperor from Star Wars, like David Moyes was on Saturday, by the way, while he is saying this tirade against us all. But <laughs> on, on Neto, there's a reason why Jota was sold, because Neto is here, and Neto is brilliant. And if we, we've probably got 18 months at best of him here, if he carries on the way he is, because he's absolutely superb. Six months. Boy, I mean, the, ru- the, the rumours are kicking up... You know about other, other the big boy, the big dogs sniff, sniffing around him. But he signed a five-year deal only about six months ago, I think. So if anyone wants him, top dollar, I want no less than sixty-five million pounds. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Five years deal, twenty years old, doing what he's doing, sixty-five million pounds, no, no less. So Sam, Sam, Sam Marshall's tweeted in saying um, is Pedro Neto the best thing since sliced bread? It's probably the be- best thing since the 50-50 Kingsmill bread for sure. But I want to know that if someone comes in for either Neto or Adama in the window, who's going for the high value? Not Neto. All day long. I think trial rate, but I think we, we had four months of trial rate going for around about 60 million. When he was mm-hmm. absolutely on top of his game, and I think I think Neto is just head and shoulders above everyone now in the whole league. I mean, Foden and his in his shaved eyebrows aside, I think Neto is just. If Foden didn't exist, he'd win Young Player of the Year easy. You think that's yeah. a shout that is? Why wouldn't he? He said, "You look at the, all the. I mean, what is the categories for that? Under twenty-one. Okay, he goes up to about twenty-four. No, that's the football writers one, eh? Not the PFA one, or is it the other way around? I don't, I don't, I don't. But well, if he was under twenty-one, he'd win anyway. There we are. It's <laughs> who else have we got? Rafaldin. What about Mason Greenwood? I like Greenwood. I do. He's petered since he got caught in Iceland, eh? In the <laughs> frozen food <laughs> section. <laughs> With his hand in the turkey. How old? How old's Mount? He's going to probably going to be a rival. I don't know. I can't remember how old Mason Mount is. Stu, it, it, it ain't a bold shout. Honestly, I've just <laughs> I've just had a good twenty seconds of just pondering in there. And if it wasn't for Foden, he'd he'd have to be up there genuinely. I mean, because fair, you look at you look at all the stats and everything. The stats all go in Neto's favour, don't they? And he's got good goal, goal contributions this season, goals and assists. He's got to be like touching nearly ten now. And then if you're going to go go deeper in, into that, which the statisticians amongst us will do, there's all the chance creation, malarkey and X, XG shit that like, Stu and Andy will get into. <laughs> they, he's, he's at the top of that, no doubt. You know, he's, we're not a one-man team, obviously. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to try and pitch it at that. But I think if we, if we were to lose him to suspension or injury and whatever, that would blow a massive hole in their team. What yeah, about the <laughs> Top player. Top yeah, top yeah. player, Bakayo Sako, Bakary Sako's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's mad that we've got a player who we can even throw into this discussion. I mean, theoretically, <laughs> we've got like what fifteen games left. How many games got left now? Uh, so, let's call it fifteen. 15. Theoretically, Fabio Silva could still hit third this season. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's the show. 
I think Fabio Silva having 30 shots is more is a more outlandish shout than that. He's, oh, uh, poor, poor Fab. How surprised were you, three, at how much game time he was given today? Not, not at all. I, I don't Half think... an hour seemed a bit extravagant for me. I thought Jose did fuck all today, to be honest. He, he, dropped, he dropped back a couple of times. He did, there was no off the ball. If it was the other way around, and Silver had done as, as little work as William Jose did today, everyone would be up in arms. I think he, he was really poor. And But let's be fair, he's come from Spain. Look how long it, t- it took Raul to adjust to English football. How long it took other... I know that wasn't Spain, but... Point still stands. How long? But it, you know it the takes other reason players. why he, he didn't do much tracking back is Johnny Evans nearly decapitated him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up actually. I bet talking about Jose in general, but also should should Evans have walked for that? Because you watched him slow motion. Yeah, both of their boots go up, but he's he has right down the shin there, hasn't he? Yeah, William think... Jose has brought the ball down like per camp. <laughs> and Johnny Evans has tried to stab the ball away and completely misjudged it. He's hit him at knee level. It's a red. I don't understand how it hasn't gone to VAR. I'm not being biased because I've got Johnny Evans in my dream team and I don't need that. <laughs> but it's a red. <laughs> it's, not a red. It's, not, it's not a red because it was a genuine attempt to play the ball and it was just high foot. That's what he's been done for. You ain't so getting what, a, and what's the what... difference between flipping what Milivojevic did to Matinho then? Because that was silly. That was, that was way out of control. Just misjudged. Yeah, but he, that was an there's a reason. Was yeah, there's a reason why no one's talked about it because he's still a red card. You're a Leicester fan, it, and you're it, an Albion it, fan. Should, <laughs> <laughs> I think Johnny Evans was lucky to still be on the pitch for his little pull later on as well. But yeah, that's a different story altogether. But it was, yeah, I th- it was fair. I, I think that um, going back to your question, Dan, as well, I, th- I was I was a bit shocked that that Silver come on. On the hour mark, it was roughly about the hour mark, wasn't it? They'd come on, but to be fair, as we have said, Jose, William Jose, did the square root of fuck all really. He didn't really whether that's because he didn't have much creative for him or not, or because he wasn't getting in the positions. That's up for debate. But anonymous, that's it. So just throw him under the buzz. Then he's fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> can't we're win make, with you. We're lot. to make the calls. You can't win with you, like you fickle <laughs> bastards. <laughs> but no, he didn't have he didn't he didn't have massive amounts to do. To be honest, we've got to call it as you see. But so yeah, overall, what what do we, what do we think then? Is that Stu? Do you think that nil nil was pr- progress? Two unbeaten now. <laughs> massive progress. I mean, to further we kind of joking about it, but disappointed not to win it really because with the chances of had. And to be saying that a week ago would have been fucking insane. So you got to be more than overjoyed, really. Circumstances. Someone has said to you after Crystal Palace, we get four points from Arsenal and Leicester. You'd have bit your hand off, wouldn't you? Of course, I'd have bit their hands off at one at that point. Yeah. Did you say beat beaten with my hands off? Then is that what you said? Beat your own, <laughs> beat your own. Yeah, did I? <laughs> well, well, it was Massive good, but it was that good. After game four points after Palace. <laughs> Luke, what was your closing thoughts on the game? Good, solid seven out of ten performance. Um, I think I think we we can rightly feel slightly disappointed that we didn't walk away with all three points because we did have the better chances in a pretty even game. Um, but it's just what the doctor ordered. It's what we needed. We needed a good a good performance against a good team to show that we still can perform at this level because it was getting worrying. Yeah, Dan, what's your closing thoughts on the game then? 
pretty much what we all said. Solid points. Probably could have nicked it. Clean sheet, massive. Just building confidence now. Southampton seems to be in a bit of a troubled spot. Two big games against them coming up. Come on, let's let's go through. Let's get our season back on track. Right, on that note, we'll uh, just call it a break there. And we're back shortly just to discuss, have a little wider point about um, Wolves as a club versus Leicester. So we'll be back in just a jiffy. Hi everyone, Matt from Wolves Fancast here. If you're anything like me, time is of the essence these days. How am I meant to take training with my wonder kids on the managerial football simulation game that I'm not allowed to mention for legal reasons if I'm too busy worrying about my online media presence? Well, that's where our friends at PixelYetiMedia.com come in. They're not just web designers. They're a creative agency that cover all of your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. So go check them out at PixelYetiMedia.com Media.com. They'll get you set up quicker than a Dharma Traore running at a terrified left back. Speaking of which, who's got my baby oil? Right, welcome back to the fancast. Just before we move on from talking about Leicester in full, I just wanted to get a round table view on how do we actually see Leicester and the fact that I'm keen to know, is that a team that we should be looking to emulate really? And Leicester have obviously had a great deal of progress in the Premier League since they stayed up, then won the title and they've had regular European campaigns. So Stu, is this, this a team blueprint that we should be looking to copy in some way? Absolutely. They, they've done it. They've done it in reverse in a way. When they were, Winning the league obviously helped them, but they could have just fell away into oblivion like Blackburn did in the 90s and Keegan's Newcastle almost did it in the 90s and then they fell away. And There's plenty of teams who almost got there and then fell away again, but with Leicester, they, they won it, dropped off, and then they've kind of built again. And like they said in commentary, they've spent 100 million quid on a new training base. It looks amazing mm. from the renders and everything. So, yeah. We the size of the clubs are very similar. The players on their day are very similar. Um, are you going to say the fan bases are similar as well? I mean, they, they, this is obviously their most successful period in the whole history, whereas yeah. we have history, and that's the, that's really the only difference between the two. If you kind of put them one one for one, so but from what they've done in the Premier League era, absolutely, we have to. It, it used to be Southampton; they used to be the go-to, and then they started selling too many players, and then they went shit. But with Leicester. They've done it the right way. They've sold their players, they've moved them on, and then they've bought players through. And like we did with some money, Jutta and Doherty money was reinvested in Samado and Silver, which is obviously not the best idea, as it, as it turns out. But that kind of model, they have to be looked at for someone to copy. Have to. So what do we, Dan, what do we think of their like, continuing, well, their reasons for continued success? And then... Do you, would you what what players, if any, would you take from their team sticking to ours? I think you've just got to look at their their recruitment. The last maybe how many years ago was the, since they won the league? Six now. Well, that long ago. Four, Not even. So I mean, even before that, you look at the lots of players it? that they've had come through. Kante for pennies, Mares for pennies. They've recently brought the likes of Tielemans, Suyon Chu. They've, they've recruited really, really well in recent years. We've already mentioned James Justin. 
And I still think we missed a trick not getting James Madison in that January transfer window when we when we're on the verge of promotion, maybe or in or in that summer, because he's just uh, another attacking number ten who I think most teams in the top half would uh, benefit from. It's, I don't really know how you can pinpoint one complete difference between the club apart from they've just had things go their way. Whereas maybe we've just come a bit unstuck in big games like the the Sevilla game and Watford, that maybe they've just got had a bit more momentum after winning the Premier League, where we haven't had that. I mean, Luke, they've had a, they've not really stuck to a philosophy with one manager, have they? I mean, since they won the league, the Ranieri, they've got they went through Puel, now they're on Rodgers. I mean, you can't they can't really say they've stuck to any sort of blueprint with the manager as such. But I don't know what do you reckon what what what. What what do you think the reasons are, and, and who would you take from Leicester, or who who would you take off into putting their, their starting eleven? Um, I, I just think they've they've got their recruitment absolutely nailed on, pretty much every window. Um, I remember speaking to Leicester fans uh, at the beginning of the season, just before we played them in uh, beginning of November, and I, 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 I feel like we're very very similar in terms of stature as a club. And we should be targeting that sort of level of club, like your Leicester's, your Everton's, um, maybe even West Ham, Southampton in there, <clears throat> uh, as sort of our marker for, for the season. Uh, I think we're pretty, we, we're quite close to Leicester in the league when we played them last time, and and since then they've kicked on and and we've gone backwards. Um, you look at the players they bring in, absolutely fantastic. I mean, I, I, me personally, I'll take Ndidi, I'll take Tealmans, I'll take Madison, I'll take Vardy, I'll take Justin, I'll take Schmeichel. Fafana. Yeah, Fafana, I'll take him as well. Um, I, I, do you know what? I'd probably even take Johnny Evans. They've got... I, I, and one player that I know, I'm sure Dan writes, but I've not really seen him. Is that is it Castagna? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll trust the word of Dan. If Dan Sides is a good player, then in my opinion, he's a good player. You look at their back five, apart from Willie Bolley, I'd swap our defences every day of the week. So, I, I think when you just look at their recruitment and they've evolved, like they've sold, sold players, but they've evolved really well. They've changed managers and they've evolved really well. Whereas, I don't think we've nailed it on the recruitment side. We've had the money. But I think we've wasted a hell of a lot of money as well. And I think it could have been better placed elsewhere. So it's frustrating, really, because we should be up there with them. All truth be told, like Stu said, you go one for one, fan base, uh, stadium, training. Right, the training facility might be a bit better now. Squad man for man, there's not a, a massive amount in it. Um, even though I've just reeled off about eight, <laughs> <laughs> even though you take their entire team, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> but it's so frustrating to see them sort of they're consistently in the top six now, and you know what? Fair play to them. And I hate praising other teams, I hate it, but fair play to them. But that's what we should we that we should have been taking that step two, seven place finishes. We should have been taking that step with Leicester, and we haven't, and we've fucked it up. And now we've gone back a year. And to round my point off, I'm going to say where they've got it right and we've got it wrong, recruitment. We talk about recruitment. Uh, Paul Nichols tweeted in to say on, on that point, 
in the summer, should we be going out all out for a Danny Ings or of that type? And he feels that a lack of goals is killing us and, and the ambition costs. We've got Jose lined up, haven't we, for the, the summer deal, but is he, is he actually going to stick around and be the answer? As we've said before, the amount of chances that we create normally doesn't, it doesn't kind of correlate with players missing them. If you see what I mean, because I mean, today we create shitloads compared to what we normally do. And normally, my own on here all season has been, well, we don't create anything. Whereas today we did. But it, only one of them landed to a striker. So what's the, what's the real issue there? You're not going to have someone like Danny Ings won't work. I mean, Raul's a freak. He's, he's what he is. And there's another one where he's landed at Wolves and he's put, it works for everyone. He's perfect for us. We're perfect for him. He fits the system. Everyone's happy, but it shows what a problem we have when he's not there. And you ain't going to, unless you can find an absolute clone for him and the way he does things and what William Jose looked like he was going to do. I mean, today's obviously an off day, but that's the problem. And you ain't going to just get, oh, let's get a striker and it'll be fine then. No, it won't because we play a certain way. We, um, we need goals from, we can't just rely on a striker for our goals. Yeah, you need it everywhere. Got a chip in with goals. The wide players have got a chipping in goals. All right, fair play, Neto and Pedence. Yeah, I can't knock them for their goal contributions. As much as I always find defend Trey already gets harder week and week by week. The fact of the matter is, he's got to do more in terms of goal contributions. The same for Neves, same for Matinho, same for Dendonka. And that is what, in my opinion, is, is holding us back. Yeah. And that's why we well, didn't get you, we didn't finish sixth last season. Because we didn't score enough goals. And that's why we didn't win enough matches in the end. Well, uh, we talked about Dan Ings there. So let's move on to the team that he plays for. Because on Thursday, the 11th, we are back in FA Cup action. We're going to be up for the Cup. We are got our game against Southampton. And to me, gents, Southampton look a bit vulnerable at the moment. Um, Hassan Hootyul he took his second 9-0 pump in of his Saints career um, against Man United followed that up by losing 3-2 to Newcastle he, he couldn't break a 10-man Newcastle down is this our, is this, a, this our moment against Southampton in the Cup they haven't got Chris Marsden this time so <laughs> Dan what are we thinking What's, what would, how would you approach this one would you, in regards to team changes and do you think we can do you think we can get past and you think we can beat them? From really tough dilemma for, for Nuno. I don't envy him picking this team on Thursday because I think we all agree he needs to prioritise the FA Cup this season. We've all said, I think anything anything below 15th and you go out in this round of disaster of a season, really. Um, I wouldn't be grudging for, for going to a back four against these because I think they are in a bit of a rut and they've, they've, definitely, they've definitely got a few players out still injured, haven't they? I mean... yeah. You just know flipping Bednarak's going to play like Beckenbauer on Thursday because it's the two games that he's had. Yeah. But um, it's a tough one for him. Me personally, I'd um, I'd, I'd stick with how, how we play today, same same eleven, unless you can um, you can bring maybe someone in for Kilman. <laughs> <laughs> Clean sheet, get him out. Well, I mean, the the, the it's a fact that it's right in saying that the cup is. He's going to be our saviour this season. Um, we're only just 
getting back to basics, quote unquote, as it were. Cup games can be, you know, a different beast. So, what do you reckon, Stu? Is that is this the right time to then switch up this formation again? Be be a bit more be a bit more cavalier in the cup. I don't want to go back. Like I said earlier, I don't want to see a back four all season long again. Just keep it as is. I mean, we had a back five and look at the chances we created today. And we look more solid. So if we can still create chances against a, a decent team like Leicester and not a complete shambles like Southampton, then just keep it as it is. We've played, we've played this well today. Don't throw it away and mixing it up. We've got two games against the same opposition home and away within a week. Just go and do the same thing twice. Don't piss about with bringing Gibbs White in anywhere near the team. Don't, <laughs> don't be lured into a full sense of security doing that. Rui has a week off. We all know that. But other than that, that's what my only change would be after today. I mean, maybe maybe Vitinha for Neves, maybe just for a kind of just to give him a fresh in it. But I wouldn't that still that. that still strikes me as weird, you know, especially if I was Patricio, I wouldn't want to be dropped for the FA Cup games. I'd still want to play. What do you reckon, Luke? Because I mean, I know in in his first full season here, he had to watch us get to the semi-final and have Ruddy have, have a day out of Wembley whereas if you know if I'm Patricio I'm like well hang on a minute I'm your number one I, d- I don't need resting so if Nuno does have any team changes would you agree with him putting their quote-unquote cup keeper back in? It's a difficult one because like you if I was that keeper I'd want to be playing every single week Yeah, and I don't think keepers can really mind about fatigue um, but it is what it is there's probably an agreement in place where you know, your number two plays in the cup. So, yeah, I'd play Ruddy in the cup probably until the quarter final. So, I'll give him this game. Then, if we progress, I'll go, go back to Ruin or uh, in terms of team and shape, didn't we play four at the back against them at home in the league and absolutely battered them? We did, didn't we? I thought we did. Alex McCarthy so, had the game of his life that night. They're not going to change their shape. So, but then without Bolly, imagine he went Cody and fucking Kilman at the back and went for a four. I think because of injuries, we probably will have to get to five at the back. But I wouldn't make too many changes. Um, he's got to prioritise the club, so yeah, he he's got to play he strongest team. He has. We've got, to, in my opinion, we've got to, if we're going to finish this season 15th, 16th, he needs to get us to the semis at least. Listen, bear in mind we're playing them again three days after as well. So just you keep, just look, look too much into it. Just keep it as it is. And just, like you say, he's, you've, he's got I to prioritise it. He has. I just, I don't think he can go for a four without Bolly. No, we haven't got the players to do we? No. Well, Clary Garfield been Den Donker and Kilman. Because Kilman's <laughs> shit. Yeah, but. <laughs> Not shit. <laughs> but, but it's the cup, eh? Just let Kilman have a cup run and then fuck him off. Yeah, and imagine if he lets one fly over his head again. Like Stace, Stace, Stace like was on the bench today. I've flipping Den Donker say centre-backs. You could do. I'd, to be fair, I'd probably feel a lot more confident with that. The other thing I pondered earlier was you could have Den Donker left centre-back Sace centre-back and then Cody the right of the three. We tried that against... We tried that against Man United and it worked well. Well, but Kilman was in, obviously, instead of Dendonka. Yeah, he played well. Yeah. 
Yeah, and too late flipping Rashford, flipping Borger over his head and spanning <laughs> his leg. <laughs> well, no, but you all forget about that, don't you? Because he yeah. played futsal and flipping Megs the ref once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I mean, Southampton, they're, they're there for the picking. I mean, they were like media darlings at one point and like Hassan was was enjoying a bit of a, a positive rep. But I mean, I, I know it's the cup, but, but we, again, we are playing them like pretty much soon after, like three days after the um, the cup game. But they're only two points ahead of us in the league. You know, a win today against Leicester would have would have took us above them. So are they actually all as good as they're, they're cracked up to be? And we know that Ings is obviously their main goal threat in, in you know, he's quite deadly, but other than that, what's yeah. where where's the threats coming from? Will Prowse, perhaps? I think well, that, that was a corker of a free kick he scored yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the problem with them. You just as long as you don't give silly free kicks away around the box, then they're kind of blunt. And I, I do think if it wasn't for the fact that Jordan has got a naked Ralph Hosenhutland calendar on his wall <laughs> that we wouldn't be talking about Southampton all the time. It's only because he's on. He's always on about them all, every week and how good Hasenhutl yeah. is. I don't think it would be a problem. I don't think we talk about them because everyone's all, oh, he's a wonderful manager. But like you said, they're not that far away from us. And if there were this great, as great as everyone makes out and how shit we've been this season, they'd be pushing Leicester and everyone else in the top four. But they're just- well, I've got, well, I've got a question then. If Nuno had been pumped nine nil two seasons running, would you would you want him out? Because <laughs> because that, that's what's happened. That's what's happened to Hassenhutl. There's a lot of haters in there. Has happened to Hassenhutl, but it has. And you know, you're not allowed to even think about wanting Nuno out. So please just stop it there. <laughs> I can't fancy my address being tracked down by some internet nerd who locates my IP address and. Burned an effigy of, my, of me outside my fucking front door. On the Saturday <laughs> that we got beat by the Albion, I'd have sacked Nuno that day and then I'd have appointed him back the next day. <laughs> <laughs> New manager bounce straight away. <laughs> Press conference the lot. My point was my point being towards Hassan Hootall, you know, it's very rare you get someone who survives like two nine nil shellackings, you know. Uh, it's because just having one is bad enough, but he's had he's had two now. I'm just thinking, like, is he is he all? As, I don't I don't want this to be famous last words, but is he all as cracked up to be? And is Southampton all as cracked up to be? I think it's purely the reaction after the first nine nil, which which has earned him a lot of grace. Yeah, yeah. They, they went on a serious one, didn't they? After that that one that first nine nil, um, and obviously they they've come a bit unstuck recently with injuries, but I think it's just showing again how topsy-turvy this, this league is that it's become pretty much like the championship at the moment. You win two or three on the bench and you're back up there. You lose two or three, you're, you're looking over your shoulder. They've lost five on the spin in the league. I never realised it was that bad for them. Yeah. Yeah, so, and they'll say that oh, they've had 11 injuries, but everyone's had injuries. And we're, we're one in the, ten. It's, it's one of them things with them. It's, it's, if, they were North, if they were Burnley... So if they were if they were Burnley, if they were a northern team and they were going through the run that they'd been going through, people would be calling for his head just because that's how that's how things are. But he's meaty darling from the south coast. Mm. It's, it's the same thing as as usual. It's just I don't get him. I just don't he get him. Cried when they beat Liverpool. <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I don't get him at all. He's a decent manager, did a, a decent job at a decent team in a decent position in the league. 
nothing special about them. Nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah. <laughs> what, right, so what well, if, let's. Now you've said there's nothing special about them. What if they beat us twice in the next week? Oh, well, that's just part of the course. Sack eh? <laughs> Nuno on the Sunday, and then we appoint him again on the Monday. <laughs> Southampton bringing Chris Marsden back. <laughs> I'll queued up all night for that in that in the old North Bank. It's freezing as well. So that could do, you, do you remember the goal they scored against us to that, in that cup? In that uh, cup Such tie? a flimsy shit. finish, wasn't it? It was like it was, like it was shit frying, panned into the net. <laughs> <laughs> I was gutted because Southampton weren't a big name then. I know they're a Premier League team, but like we could have gone out to so much bigger teams then. And in the end, we've gone out to go, mm. thought we've gone out to fucking Southampton. Look at the shit goals they've scored as well. Yeah, we beat Newcastle, didn't we, at the Molyneux? And I think we beat like Rochdale. It was all open for us to actually get all the way to Wembley again. And then we just we did nothing against Southampton that day. It was so frustrating. I've got it. It's when I used to buy, buy match day badges as well, and I've still got it. It's still there, haunting me. A what? A match day badge? Yeah. <coughs> no. From the, from the, from the, <laughs> I was a, I was an actor. Well, say two thousand and three. I would have been what. 20. <laughs> 19, <laughs> 19 years older. 19 years old. Did, you wear, you, did you wear your, your shirt over your hoodie as well? The I, I, yeah, he I said the other day, he used to do it up until he was 25, so he had a good few years in him then. It wasn't a hoodie. It was, it was a black turtleneck jumper. <laughs> Under Armour's wasn't invented then. Now it, it was a black turtleneck t- jumper, wall's top with sixty nine pleasant pleasant dime on the back. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> pleasure dime actually sits quite close to me in the steeple up. It, it's it's like a J five. Yeah, it's, um, it's a segregated area for special people. <laughs> <laughs> but it was an official. It was an official Wolves polo neck uh, turtleneck. It had WWFC embroidered in it in the uh, neckline. Really, <laughs> really worse. You could have got one of them for eight quid from Primark, and Wolves would probably charge you about thirty seven quid for that. Primark days is then. That's how old we are. Oh, yeah. Might have been CNA. <laughs> I'll come, why until flipping Castore coming with the £90 jumpers? Oh, oh God, God, yeah. Right, I want, uh, I want some predictions from you before we round off this section. Stu, what's, their, what's your prediction? Are we going to be in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup? We better be. But yeah, 2-0. Like it, like it. Lukey boy, what are you saying? I'm going to say two now. Like that's positivity, Dan. Go on, hit hit us with your pessimism, Dan. Go for it. We're going to stink the place out, nil nil, and we're going to win on penalties with Ruddy being the hero. <laughs> what is he well, taking? One. Yep. <laughs> Eight seven. We win on penalties. I expect <laughs> Ruddy will give us a proper like Pressman esque penalty as well. Ain't going to ain't going to like. I think he's off for a panica. Kilman's going to miss a penalty, but Ruddy's going to save the winning one. And at that point, we'll see Kilman smile, and then somewhere a bus will explode. (laughs) (laughs) Right, lads, in order to uh, finish off, um, I'm going to cast my attention to Twitter Corner. And uh, a friend of the show, Dean Marsden, has tweeted in to say, if you could bring one player back from their prime into this team... Would you pick Leska, Olofinjana, or Keane? Oh. I know who Dan's going to say straight away. Go on then, preempt me then. What am I going to say? 
going to say Lescott to replace Kilman because you think Kilman's a bag of, bag of bollocks. Well, you're wrong because I'd have Robbie <laughs> Keane because he's the best forward that Wolves have ever had. Sick of Steve Ball, sick of him. <laughs> Robbie Keane's the best forward we've ever had. And I'm, if anyone wants to discuss it with me, I'll be in the Asda car park on Wednesday night at 9 pm. Don't know, I'm not saying which part of the car park, but I'll be there. Or with Asda. Dean Dean did say that he was avoiding bully to make it a contest, but there you go. Dan's gone for Keane. Stu, who's going in? I thought Oliver John was massively underrated for his time here, to be fair. I mean, he's he's him or, or big Alfred and Dice, someone some someone we need in the um in the mix at the mini. It, so it was it was such a pleasant man to be play the midfield enforcer role. Yeah, exactly. But in this in this era of Premier League football, then I'd go for Oliver Jonah. Yeah. Dean did also say that imagine a combination of Lescott and Bolly together. That's not allowed. You can't That's go for hybrids. That's the back four that Nuno should be transitioning to. Luke, who's your pick? Uh, I would go for Lescott. I just think he's that classy, ball-playing defender that we we need. You know, I'm going to say something uh, controversial there, but I, I think Lescott had the same sort of passing range as Courtney House. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was, he was just so confident and calm on the ball, wasn't it? Yeah. It was it was brilliant just getting the the, the defending right, the basis of defending. But his lofty passes were just so similar to houses, just now power behind him, just we could utilize him just to bring it out of defence nice and calm. Did you euthanize him and then? then? And then, <laughs> and, then just, and then just play it off simply to Neves or a wing or a wing back. That's what would be good for us. No, we we have had a hybrid of Bolly and Lescott before in Dean Richards. That's the real answer. I thought you were going to say Mikel Bischoff. <laughs> <laughs> what a player Richards was, oh man. Oh, what a player. Sensational, wasn't he? Absolutely that would have been more fitting as well, considering we're playing Southampton. Exactly. So what you're saying nice is one, Dean, Dean. Dean, Dean's missed a trick there. Is that what you're going to yeah. say? You're going to lay into Dean now? From, from, Tell him from to fuck off next week. We don't want no more with the corner <laughs> questions off him. Hashtag Marsden out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've just got the other link there, of course. Marsden. Chris Marsden. There as well. Dean, yeah. Chris Marsden. Right. The uh, last Twitter corner question. I'm going to um, hand it over to our former fan, Castian, Alex Moore. <laughs> I've had to Google this. If you, if you, and I hope you know what I'm talking about, or I hope you know what he's talking about. If you had Bernard's watch for a day, what's the first thing you would do? Too old. No, I've, had to, I've had to Google what Bernard's watch is because I'm I'm wasn't aware of it. Can we just I ask know. Dave? Because Dave Dave loved this program. RIP Dave. Um and he, he's, look, um, to, for, for the YouTube people. Yeah, I never I this, never watched I've had to Google this. It was too no, old. I, no idea. Not a clue. So someone then tell me about this watch. What happens? He oh, has the ability stop to stop time. Okay. So basically, but, but, yeah, he what, would. What, what does he do about it then? So sometimes he'd like he'd stop the watch because his mom told him while she was going to the shops that if it started raining to bring the clothes in. <laughs> so as soon as that first rain dropped, he could pause it and bring it all in before his mom gets back before he got into trouble. All or, the important things then. <laughs> or he had 
or he could stop time to make sure he could he had enough time to do his homework, otherwise he'd be grounded. He wouldn't do anything good with it when he pressed the stopwatch like rob a bank like a normal person would. <laughs> and this 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 shit here, it says it, it, this went on for seven series. Top series, that. There's a lot of things doing his own work. Strong afternoon TV for a child after he, after he returned from school. Right then, I want to know, Stu, what if it's stopping time? What are you doing? What are you gonna do? This could go. This could go well. anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you what are you doing? And who are you doing it to? <laughs> so it, it depends if it's stop, if stopping time means you stop time of the internet working as well, because that would be a problem for what I was going to suggest. <laughs> Oh, what you downloading? Leave the dark web out of this, please, mate. <laughs> Silk Road has been shut down, Stu. <laughs> in a real answer, I'd, if if it was possible to watch things, I'd watch all eleven Star Wars films back to back because the only thing that stops you doing that is time. <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> you're you just right. <laughs> Qu- quick example. You can stop the watch during a Wars match any time the ball's about to go past Woody, you put him in the way. Yeah. <laughs> FA Cup semi-final. Yeah, but that, is that a guarantee, up. though? Is that still a guarantee of him saving it? <laughs> His percentage save is very low at the moment. <laughs> he, he could save Troy Deeney's penalty in the FA Cup semi-final. There you go. Or, or we could stop the watch and tell Nuno, don't bring off Jota and Neves in this game. <laughs> Just disable the numbers on the board so he can't, he can't, put, he can't put his numbers up. Yeah. <laughs> right, Luke. I believe you. you am. Luke, what are you doing? You stop. You stop. You've now stopped time. What are you going to do? Oh God, I'm gonna watch all Star Wars back to back. Now, do you know what? Try to do it. You know what? I'll do. It's hard. I'll stop. I'll stop the watch once. Um, Matt Hancock was given a briefing to the nation and I'll just peg him just to humiliate him. <laughs> peg him? <laughs> Fuck him, no. no. Peg him. This has gone to a different him. place. <laughs> D-bag, whatever you want to call him. Not D-bag, D-bag. T-bag him. <laughs> You're going to T-bag You're gonna <laughs> Matt Hancock of all the things you've said about the man. <laughs> you check him. If, jo- if Jordan's got a naked shrine to Hassan here, we know what uh, Lukey boy is naked shrine to, <laughs> don't we? Uh, Dan, These pair would stop then. time and read all the government stuff that they're, <laughs> they're hiding from us because them conspiracy theorists, it's ridiculous. They're getting into my head. I'm already convinced we're never getting out of lockdown and every day in the WhatsApp, them spreading links, them spreading fear. I can't take it anymore. I'd, I'd stop yeah. time and I'd show them. I'd just show them. <laughs> These two would stop time and they'd read through the lab results of the AstraZeneca vaccine. <laughs> so they can be sure. Dan, go on. I've, I've already said it. I, I'm either putting Rui in the way or I'm putting like Fabio Silva in a position where he can't miss. Brave choices. Brave choices. Right. On that note, lads, we will call it a day there. Uh, thanks ever so much for listening out there. Um, Please do check out our YouTube channel. Uh, also, please do check out the Insta Lives that Luke and Gully are doing. You get to hear plenty more of these shenanigans on the Insta Lives, uh, both before the game, during the game, and now even after the game. So just get on, get on Insta, get Wolves Fancast on Insta, get listening, and get listening to Gully's GTA as well. 
he will dissect their games with fancy heat maps and tactical analysis. Uh, other than that, it's goodbye from Stu. Bye bye. It's goodbye from Luke. See you later. And it's goodbye from Dan. Arrivederci. Adios, guys. Catch you later.